You're listening to Dialed In, a National Club Golfer podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to a special edition of Dialed In. Yes, it is major time again, the US Open at Torrey Pines and with me to go through all his tips and give you his expert advice on everything that's going to happen in California over the next week is NCG's form expert Barry Plummer. Welcome Barry. Hi Steve, how are you doing? Yeah, good thanks mate. It wouldn't be a US Open without some obligatory shots of balls falling into rough and uh, burying themselves. I mean, I'd be more surprised if I saw some tweets of uh, light rough and balls nestled nicely. Look, we know what we're getting with the US Open. It's a tough test and Torrey Pines is a tough course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw a glimpse of it at the Farmers back in January. And although we're expecting to play a little bit different, definitely a little bit more challenging, um, I mean that that was a tough a tough four rounds for the players there. Patrick Reed obviously winning on that occasion, and I think we can expect another really difficult test for the players this time around. They call it the ultimate test of golf. I'm sure um, the Open would have something to say about that being the world's oldest major, but it prides itself, doesn't it, on being hard. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's, it's all of the different factors that you put together. It's the fact that you've got to be long off the tee, but you've also got to keep the ball in play. It's about the fact that you've got to find the greens, but the greens are very small. And even though they're, you know, accessible on some holes, they're also very fast. So once you find that small surface, keeping it on there is, is difficult. And it, ch- it challenges you in every aspect of your game. And that's why it's one of the best to watch. We've come from a really unique US Open um, pandemic affected at winged foot to a more traditional setup in June. I mean, are you expecting different things? Bryson DeChambeau pretty much tamed winged foot in uh, September, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think we're, we're looking more at a traditional sort of major test this time around. I mean, not taking anything away from Bryson's victory um, last year, but you know, he's he's one of the players who could who could well go and um, follow that up and 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 make it back to back US Open titles. But um, typically strong field and and lots to uh, to chew over. Yeah, let's get into Torrey Pines a little bit. I mean, there are two courses there um, that we see at the uh, Farmers Insurance, the North and the South. We are on the South traditionally for the US Open. It's where Tiger did all his amazing work in 2008 when he basically won this tournament on one leg. Um, tell me a little bit about the fairways here, it's a, it, they're different grasses, aren't they, depending on whether you're on the fairway or the greens, and that will make a difference. Yeah, so fairways are Bermuda grass. Obviously, we know that they're long. We know that they're very narrow. Um, the rough um, is perilous. You, you do not want to be finding yourself in there, as you mentioned, those videos that circulate on social media. But then also you've got the really small, fast POA greens. Now, POA is a very tricky surface to read. You need a lot of experience on POA Anua to to be successful here I suppose um, and then you've got all this this bunkering this well-placed bunkering that's around the greens it's very well guarded um, I, I really do think that we're going to see a, a, a single figure winning score here this week similar to Bryson last year when you look at the fact that only four editions of the US Open 
since the year 2000 have actually provided a double figure winning score. It just shows you how difficult um, this test is. Yeah, poor greens. I mean, obviously, most golfers in the UK will be used to poor greens. So they are predominant green. I'm not sure I'm uh, saying anything outlandish there by saying, you know, a lot of our greens have got poor in them. So we know what they're like. We know that as the day goes on, the grasses in there grow at different rates. They can get a little bit bumpy. Um, clearly, uh, you know, players are on each side of the draw, but the weather, I would have thought, will play a more important fact here. Uh, How's it looking? Yeah, I mean, we, it's difficult to say on the draw bias um, at this point, but you will expect that there will be um, a favouring to one side or the other. And I think that when we get the tee times drawn and we can see who's playing with who, I think that's going to be a really good indicator for your specials markets, especially your first round leaders and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I think obviously we're all looking forward to the tee times and then coming out to see who's playing together so that we can see if we're going to get the blockbuster of Bryson and Brooks, which unfortunately I very much doubt. Well, they are the US Open specialists. Bryson DeChambeau obviously winning at winged foot. Brooks Kepka's got two of these in the locker already, and naturally they feature strongly in the early markets. But the leader is a clear one. It's John Rahm at prices as low as nine to one. Obviously, uh, Rahm, the Spaniard, was massively clear at Memorial before having to withdraw because he contracted COVID-19. And the bookmakers are very wary of him. I mean, the difference in the prices, Barry, is actually marked, isn't it? I mean, you're looking at eight to one with some firms for, for John Rahm, then going to as high as 16 to one for Dustin Johnson, the world number one. Kepka, who's in pretty decent form himself and obviously has shown himself to be a very very versatile person when it comes to US Open venues he's at high at 18 to 1 DeChambeau at 18 to 1 McElroy 20s 20s for McElroy obviously he won the US Open 10 years ago I think now at Congressional Xander Schauffele's highest 20 as well Spieth 20 I mean what do you think about the real massive move for Ram here because you know in a field that's this strong we don't usually expect, do we, to see five, six point differences on uh, Tuesday morning? No, it, and it is a strange one. I think, it, like you said, it's probably led by the uh, the fact that he was absolutely tearing up um, with, uh, at Memorial uh, before he had to withdraw. And actually, I think if he can continue that over, then obviously he's going to have a great chance. Everyone expects John Rahm to win a major championship very soon. Um, and maybe this is one that would suit him. I suppose. Um, but uh, when you look at his price compared to the other market leaders, when you're looking at the lower end of that of eight to one um, compared to, you know, proven, very strong, informed top players in the PJ Tour at 20 to one, I think I'd probably side more with the latter. I mean, his US Open record is indifferent, um, to say the least. He obviously did uh, very well at Pebble Beach in 2019 behind a clear winner, though. In, in, in Gary uh, Woodland. But you look at his other uh, US Open performances, obviously at Oakmont in 2016, he was the low amateur, tied 23rd, then missed cut, missed cut, tied third, tied 23rd. I mean, you know, he's got much better form in the Masters, for example. Yeah, and, and that's maybe why you are getting that spread in the pricing and that some bookmakers are looking at him and thinking, you know, he's in form, he's coming into this, he's going to win a major soon. He's, he's got a great chance and some are looking at some some of his form of, of recent and, and over recent years in the US Open and thinking maybe there isn't that sort of 
justification of favouritism, I suppose, when you look at the form of, say, Dustin Johnson in the US Open or Brooks Kepka in the US Open or even Schofle in the US Open, who all seem to boast much better finishes over the last four or five years. Well, we'll get on to your selections in a couple of minutes, but I just want to talk about a couple of high profile players who haven't made your cut, um, one of whom is obviously Brooks Kepka. I mean, that must have been a difficult one for you. He's he, he showed pretty good form recently, as we said earlier. You know, he's won this year on the PGA Tour. There's obviously that um, that uh, niggle in his knee that continues to be there. But he's got a couple of these trophies in the locker already. And, and, and for a lot of people, 18 to one will be a very attractive price. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, isn't it, when you look at the difference in price sort of three or four weeks ago, the PGA Tour, or the PGA Championship to, to now the US Open, you know, massively different, 50 to one to about 16, 18 to one. But yeah, he's got a great chance. Obviously, he's, he's proven in the US Open that he can go and quite um, comfortably win win tournaments of this stature. But I put him up last week um, and I expected him, even though it was sort of the week before the, the US Open, to go and put put a little bit of a show on because it's quite a weaker field and disappointed a little bit really with a missed cut and he sort of maybe talked his way out of my um in my selection sheet this week just based on a bit of a lackluster sort of average performance last week and I don't know if that was the best preparation for him um and I like maybe I mean if you look at the top sort of 11 in the market only two of them actually played last week DJ and Brooks Kepka. so maybe I'm looking more at the players who, who didn't play last week to see um, how that week off has done them. Yeah, Rory McIlroy at 20s. Um, I mean, the question marks over over Rory uh, remain currently. He's um, a work in progress despite having won this season. But, you know, if he can put a week together, he may make some bookmakers look a bit stupid with that price. Jordan Spieth is someone that you've looked at continually this season, Barry. I mean, at 20 to 1, was he close to making your cut? He's obviously won the US Open on a very different golf course to this at Chambers Bay. But um, were you, did he nearly make your quartet? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's been a bit of a running joke, isn't it? That I, I do really like Jordan Spieth and I like the fact his resurgence has come at the right time just for the majors season. But I don't I don't necessarily think this is, although he has won this in the past, he, his major championship, really. I mean, only because of the fact that you do need to be long and relatively accurate off the tee, I suppose, um, to be in with a shout uh, of doing well here. And, and we know Jordan Spieth can be a little bit erratic off the tee. Um, so yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I, I will be cheering him on if, if none of mine are in contention on Sunday because I'd love Jordan Spieth to win a major, but I, I don't think um, I'm confident enough on him this week to include him. A biggest seventy to one with Bet three six five for Phil Mickelson, the PGA champion, and I'm sure there'll be um, supporters of uh, Garrick Higo at uh, prices up to seventy to one. Obviously, a dual European Tour winner, and then won the Palmetto coming from behind last week. I mean, he is a real talent, isn't he? Yeah, I, I was sort of drawing the conclusion that South African golf is in such a strong place at the moment. When you when you look at the players that they've got, and, and he's obviously the, the the bright shining star of that moving forwards. But when you're looking at Bazaden now, and you're looking at um, Louis Oosthuizen as well, who's also playing fantastic golf, they're they're going to put in a, a strong show, I think, over the major championships this year. And Garrett Kigo is one to watch for the future, definitely. Yeah, so uh, we hopefully we've whetted the appetite a little bit there. So let's get into the main selections. And if I had drumroll sound effect on this um, on this edit, you would be hearing it right now. Um, 
your main tip this week um, and your banker as well, we can get into that at this early stage, I think, is a player who has looked for a number of years like he might win a major championship, has just fallen short, very, very consistent player, will almost certainly be a very key part of the US Ryder Cup team this year. Tell us who it is and why he's your best bet at Torrey Pines. Yeah, we alluded to him just, just a moment ago, but Xander Schofler at 20 to 1 is, is great value for me. Um, you've only got to look at his recent US Open finishes to see you know, how well he plays in these sort of major events. Uh, fifth, third, sixth, fifth in his four US Open appearances, never finished outside the top six, which in itself is, is a fantastic achievement. But when you also look at the fact then that he played at the Farmers Insurance Open in January at Torrey Pines um, and finished second, was one of sort of the main contenders chasing down Patrick Reed on the day that he won there. Um, he's going to have a little bit of course experience, recent course experience with a positive note to it. And, you know, how relevant that is, we'll only find out when when we get to see the course on Thursday and it, um, and it all starts off. But when you look at his recent form, top, uh, top 11 finishes in four of his last five starts, ranking inside the top 25 um, for five out of six of his strokes game measures in the last six months, He's just all over his game. He's very positive. He's in a great place, coming in in good form um, with good US Open um, previous scores. I think, you know, he, he doesn't really have anything that I don't like at 20 to 1. What do you think has stopped him getting over the line so far? Because I, there's not um, a player out there who wouldn't agree that he is undeniably class. I, I wonder whether there's a little bit of mental fragility in there that is always my concern with Schofield, and he's not typically been someone I've put up loads for for major championship um, selections. But I do think he's maturing. I do think he's learning from all his experiences. I think that that is something that you develop with time. And obviously, he is he is still relatively early in his career. Um, and you've seen when he's been in contention before, there's been some some errors and some some silly sort of maybe shot selections and things which which have cost him. And um, I think the, one of the biggest ones, wasn't it, was when we saw him pretty much in contention at the Masters um, and he put it on the water at 16. And, you know, it's just, it's those, isn't it, that he will learn from, he will come back stronger. And I think that, you know, like John Rahm, he will win a major championship soon. and Hopefully it's this week. And he obviously likes it difficult. And that US Open form must have been, a critical part of you putting him forward as, as your top tip because it is um, an interesting test. There are players who just don't like this sort of thing. I know we as media can blow it out of proportion, you know, just how difficult it is. But there's there's no fluke about this, is there? You know, when a player shows you consistent form in an event like this, it usually pays to be on side. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a class act and he performs like that on a regular basis. And what this sort of event will do is it will weed out some of the players that maybe don't do that and some that will come up and struggle at this type of test. And that makes him stand out and look even better because he doesn't necessarily struggle all of the time at these sort of um, more challenging courses. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think he's going to be um, he's going to be one that's going to be quite popular this week, I think. And I don't know necessarily whether you'll still be getting 20 to one on him by the time we go off on Thursday. Yeah, interesting that you talked about the position of South African golf earlier on when talking about Garrick Higo because your outsider selection at 55 to 1 is a modern legend of South African golf, no less. Yeah, Louis Oosthuizen. Um, I've been waiting for the right time to put Oosthuizen up for a little while, actually. Um, and I, I wasn't even considering him at the, at the PJ Championship. And obviously, he very nearly went and, 
and won that running down Phil Mickelson. Um, but that that run up finish at Kira Island was something that really impressed me based on the fact that um, he managed to stand up to quite a stiff test where you needed to have very different elements of your game on point and he seemed to do really well across the board. Um, he's also a, a really strong US Open performer. We know he's got loads of experience. Uh, top 25 in his last six US Open visits, three of them in the top seven. He likes hard golf. He's a brilliant putter, which is something which will go a long way in this type of event. He's first for strokes game putting in the last six months. Um, and he's had three top eight finishes in his last four events. So he's someone who's arriving in form, good US Open form. Um, he's a, a good putter, as I said. And uh, I think that for an each way bet of that sort of price, when you're getting the runner up of the most recent major championship, I think he's definitely worth going for. So playing devil's advocate, um, he doesn't win enough of these. He's, he's got the one, obviously. It's quite a long time ago now. Um, he's put himself in position consistently, semi-consistently over the years and hasn't won another one. Is it a mental issue with him or is it just the case as it was at the PGA Championship with Mickelson and at the Masters with Bubba Watson that he just runs into one? Yeah, I suppose. I think the thing with, with Louis is that he's very consistently good, at, but how often he goes and is spectacular is sometimes the difference. You will always get, I, I think from, from Louis, that you, you will always get rounds around, you know, a few under par, consistent, posting scores, making his way up the leaderboard in tough events. How often does he go out and shoot a 62 or a 63? Maybe not so often. And that might be the difference um, in, in why he's not winning the bigger events. But for me, when you're looking at an outsider bet, uh, an each way bet, something like that, I mean, I'm looking at the fact you're getting 11 places uh, in some with some bookmakers at, at 50 odd to one. Um, he's definitely a great place bet. Whether or not he's going to go and win, that would be an absolute bonus. But I think when you're looking at someone of a price above 50 to one, you're looking really at, um, at how much he can offer you in value as a, a place bet. And I think he can definitely be around that top 11 come the end of Sunday. Yeah, undeniably one of the best swings in the game. And as you rightly point out, Barry, if he's got his putting boots on, um, he could well make the frame at Torrey Pines. So we move on to the long shot this time, uh, where we ask you to pick somebody who's um, a big prize, preferably in three figures. And you have obliged for us. Yeah, the, I actually really like this this selection. The more I read about him and the more I see how popular he is actually um, for this week, the more more interested I am. It's Jason Kokrak at 100 to 1. Um, getting a three-figure price on a recent PGA Tour winner, in fact, he's on twice this season on the PGA Tour, with great stats is, for me, a little bit strange. And um, obviously, I'm going to take advantage of that wherever I can. Uh, he was brilliant when fending off Jordan Spieth, when it looked like Jordan Spieth was well on his way to winning at the Charles Schwab recently. Um, Kokrak really had no right to win that in terms of being quite a few shots back and putting in a real gritty display on Sunday to, to fend off a bit of a, a, a disappointing display from Jordan Spieth, let's say. But in the last three months, Kokrak's been right up there in terms of his stats. Top 20 for strokes gained off the tee, tee to green, putting. Um, on paper, he's a brilliant candidate because he does all of those things really well. He's very long off the tee, so he's got um, you know a great opportunity to take advantage of a, um, a, a, a higher club going into the greens, more chance of getting it to stop and play ball. Um, I think 
looking at his performance in January at Torrey Pines at the Farmers, he probably had three out of the four rounds, which were, were pretty, pretty good. One which let him down a bit. And I think he will learn from that and that experience of playing on that course. Um, yeah, I, I think 100 to 1. I don't think if you look around him in the betting market, you will find many better that you can make an argument for at that price. Presumably his odds are as they are because his major record is quite frankly ordinary. I mean, his best display in a major comes actually in the most recent um, US Open at Winged Foot where he was tied 17th. He has just one other uh, top 20 in a major at the 2018 PGA Championship. I suppose in that sense, you could say he's trending in the right direction. But this is the next step for him, isn't it? I mean, do you, do you think it's about um settling himself now he's got that pga to win again at the charles swab and it's time to sort of get cracking and and, and show yourself in these events yeah absolutely and he as you, as you mentioned trending there he's he definitely moved in the right direction he's just got himself up into the top 25 in the world for the first time he's moving up very swiftly up the world rankings um and and as you mentioned there having won twice now on the pga tour well twice recently on the pga tour um he's um he, He's a player who's very interesting to watch. I mean, if he goes and puts in a great performance here and gets close and maybe picks up another win before September, you're looking at a three-time PJ Tour winner with, with good major major form. He could be posting himself as a potential for an outside pick for the Ryder Cup. Yeah, and, and obviously to fend off Jordan Spieth in the way that he did, I know there are some question marks that remain over Spieth's performances on Sunday. He's been in the frame this season an awful lot. Um, and has put some variable last round stuff in. But to fend off Spieth in that fashion uh, does give you a sense about his bottle. So good luck to you with the long shot. And then we come on to your final tip in this tranche of US Open selections. And we ask you to look really quite far down the leaderboard for the why not. A player who's at a huge price who might just surprise us. And you've gone for experience here. And you've gone for someone who will be very familiar to Europeans. Yeah, Ian Poulter, huge price, 200 to 1. I think Ryder Cup in September, um, Poulter is going to be looking to get every opportunity to show off to Harrington that he can he can be in that team and um, he's not going to want to miss that. And, and actually, in a, in a competition like this where, you know, he's seen Phil Mickelson recently go and win the PGA Championship, I'm sure he's probably thinking, do you know what, why, why can't I go and do that? Uh, uh, you know, even though I'm maybe a bit later on in my career than I would have hoped to have been um, to win the major championship. He, he's still got an opportunity. And even though he's a big price, he's, his form has been improving recently. Um, I think last time out, what was he? He was uh, 25th um, at the Palmetto. He was third the time before that. So, um, you know, he's playing some good golf. He's going to be, as it's mentioned in the thing, it's going to be a long shot. He's going to need to play some of his best stuff that he's played in a long time. But we know he's creative around the greens. We know that he's got a brilliant short game. We know that he can be consistent around there. Um, and if um, he can manage conditions better than some of the others um, using his experience, then, you know, why could he not, as I mentioned earlier on, with 11 places, get himself up into that top 11 in this event um, and get you huge value for a place um, in, in that type of bet? Yeah, tied third at the at the Charles Swab, which obviously Jason Cockrack won. Um, three really impressive rounds. I mean, four impressive rounds, really, but but most notably his 64 
in the third round and then solid stuff last week without being spectacular but you you just want him to sort of try and keep the form I mean everybody knows um if his putter is hot then he is a real force to uh, be reckoned with and he's got plenty of major form you have to go back a little bit for, for some of it but um you know he's done well in the Open Championship he's done very well at the Masters um not quite so well always at the US Open I imagine the combination of both length and rough you know if you don't find the fairway that is going to provide some trouble with for him isn't it you know compared to someone like Bryson say at the other extreme but but he has I mean I'm not sure uh this time he'd be guaranteed um a nod from Podreg and there's a lot of talk isn't it about picking him because of what happened in France in 2018 but I mean there are other players aren't there that I think I mean Harrington would look strongly, I think, towards Lowry, wouldn't he, for example, for a wildcard pick? So he's got a bit of work to do. Yeah, absolutely. And and as I mentioned, there there are only a, a number now, a small number of, of opportunities for him to show that he can um cut the mustard and get into that into that team. And actually this is one of them. You've got obviously a number of tournaments and, and the playoffs and things like that coming up on the PJ tour, but you know, you've got to make those as well. I think he's one of those players who is running out of opportunities and this could be a great opportunity for him to show the captain that, you know, he can still do it. And just looking down the rest of the market, uh, Barry, obviously lots of players who could have been in the frame for a selection. I know Webb Simpson at 55 to one with bet three, six, five as low as 35 in other places, obviously some discrepancy there between the traders, but, um, an interesting price for a player who's usually very consistent and has obviously won a US Open before. But is there anyone that you haven't got in your quartet that nearly made your list? Well, I don't know about nearly making my list, but I think it would be rude of me not to mention my uh, my favourite, Bob McIntyre. Uh, back over on US soil, he's a huge price, at about 200 uh, to one. And, uh, you know, We've sh- he's shown at the Masters, didn't he, that he can he can contend on the major stage um, with that 12th place finish, and you know he could surprise a few at a big price. Um, Christian Bezade now very narrowly missed my um, each way selection this week because again somebody who's been playing very well recently, very consistent player, and I mentioned how um, strong the standard of South African golf is at the moment. So any of those South African players could be a, a good shout as well. Well, thanks for your tips there, Barry, and good luck, everybody who is uh, taking an interest in the US Open this week. Please remember, if you are having a bet, to gamble responsibly. I assume, Barry, that you will be back as the weeks go on with um, some more bets, some more markets as the odds are revealed. Yeah, I've got a few first round leader bets lined up ready for when the uh, the odds are released. So you can check those out at my column as, as normal, nationalclubgolfer.com. Thanks again, Barry, for your company. Cheers, Steve. Nice to speak to you. And thanks to you all for listening and uh, good luck again. And we'll see you next week for another edition of Dialed In. Cheers.